begin the Gemara today, two lines from the bottom of Daf, Lamed Gimel, Amad Beis. So this is in the middle of a discussion there. We're trying to figure out what Rav Meir's opinion is. Rish Lakish said that our mission here that says that you pay knas, even in a case where this Malkus follows Rav Meir's opinion, that says, Loike umishalem, that you can do both at the same time. So then the Gemara is trying to figure out whether, according to Rav Meir, are we going to say the same regarding Misa? That even a person that's high of Misa will, will, will get the death penalty, plus he has to pay as well. And it brings a Braise where it says, regarding a person that steals an animal and slaughters it on Shabbos. So over there, what did Rav Meir say? That you're going to be high of the Misa because you shechted on Shabbos. That's one of the Lama Tesmalachis. But you're also going to have to pay for the Geneva and you're going to have to pay four or five times for what you stole. So Gemara says, Nus, what do you see over here? That he's chayiv to pay, even though he's chayiv misa. So right now, the Gemara has two answers for this. Right now we're in one answer. Later on, the Gemara is going to bring a second answer. But right now, what the Gemara answered is, the case we're speaking about is, this person did not slaughter the animal himself. A shliach slaughtered the animal for you. And over here, when it comes to this iser of slaughtering someone else's animal, even though usually... If you send a shliach to do it, he's responsible. You're not responsible. But if you hear there's a chiddush by, by the case of Dalit Vehei, that you pay four or five times as much for what you did, that even if you send a shliach, so you were not Mechal Shabbos, he was Mechal Shabbos. But the Mishaleach, the one that sent him, will be responsible to pay for what happened. And this is the case where Rabbi Meir says you're going to be Chayiv because you're not Chayiv Misa. But in a case where you would be Chayiv Misa, if you did it yourself, you would not be Chayiv to pay. That's the explanation of Rav Meir's opinion. But now the Gemara will focus on the Chachamim. The Chachamim argued in the Braise, and the Chachamim said that you potter to pay in this case. So the Gemara now asks, If the case of here is that you did not slaughter this animal yourself in Shabbos, you sent the Shliach to do it. So my Tamayu the Rabban and the Patri. Why would Chachamim say that you would be potter to pay? If you didn't do the Chil Shabbos, so you're not Chayiv Misa, so there's no Kom Lei Bidarab here. There's no reason that you should be potter to pay. You're not Chayiv Misa. And says the Gemara, the reason Taka that Chachamim say you potter has nothing to do with Kom Lei Bidarab It's a completely different reason. Man Chachamim, the Chachamim over here that say that you potter to pay, who are they? Rab Shimini. This is Rab Shimini's opinion. The Oma, Rab Shimini said, Shechite, She'ena Ru'uya, anytime you shecht an animal, and the meat that you have here from this animal is not fit to be eaten, it does not qualify to be considered a shechita at all. And therefore, you're not going to be chayiv even for dalet vehei. Dalet vehei when you took someone else's animal and you slaughtered it, and you're able to eat from it. But if you're not able to eat from it, it doesn't count as a shechita. Rabbi Shimon actually does not say it regarding this halacha, he said it regarding another halacha, as Rashi he brings. For example, the halacha of kisi adam. When you shecht, you have to cover the blood. If it's a chaya, if, uh, you have to cover the blood. But he says, if it's a shechita that you can't eat from it, then you don't have to cover the blood. That halacha doesn't apply. So the same thing over here. The reason why Chachamim say you potter is because what are we speaking about? We're speaking about a kind of shechita where you're not allowed to have anar from the shechita. What did the Brasi speak about? It spoke about a person that shechted for avodizara. When you shecht for avodizara, you can't have anar from that. Or the other case the Brasi actually spoke about was a person that shechted a shoyr haniskal, an ox that was already paskin, that it has to be stoned to death. Can't have anar from that. So if this is not a shechita, so therefore the halacha of paying four or five times as much for what you took from your friend also does not apply. But the Gemara now asks a question of this. 
This is a good answer if you were shechting for Avedizara, so you can't eat that. Or Vishayra Niskal. You shechted an ox that the Bezna already said has to be stoned, so you can't eat that. So that you don't have to pay for it either. El Shabbos, but if you shechted here on Shabbos, one of the cases of the Brisa was you stole from your friend and you, then you shechted it on Shabbos, or you, even you had a shliach that shechted it for you on Shabbos, but it was done on Shabbos. This is actually a shechita that you can. It's kosher and you can eat from it. The Tanan and the Gemara brings a Mishnah. What does it say? Hashechet b'Shabbos of Yom Kippurim. If you shecht on Shabbos and Yom Kippur, Afal Pishim is Chayiv b'Nafsha. Even though you did a Malacha and therefore you Chayiv Misa, Shchitasik Shaira. But the Shchita is kosher and you can eat from it. So if the Shchita is kosher, so then you should be Chayiv to pay the Dalit Vehei four or five times as much for what you stole and shechted from your friend because this is a Shchita which is kosher. As is the Gemara, we can say Savalok Rab Yechanan Asandler. The Braise here is following Rab Yechanan Asandler's opinion that says that if you shecht on Shabbos, it'll actually be usher for you to eat from this forever. Here the Gemara brings a Machlaikis, three different opinions regarding someone that shechted something on Shabbos. Tanya, we learned in the Braise, Hamavashal Beshabbos Beshegig. If a person went and cooked on Shabbos food Beshegig. Yeah, so what happens now? Yoichal. So, so the first opinion here in this Braisa, which is Rab Meir, he says that you can eat what you cooked on Shabbos, even on Shabbos itself. Mm-hmm. If you cooked on Shabbos purposely, so then, so then you cannot eat from this forever. Right? So the person himself, that is, cannot eat from it forever, somebody but else. somebody else can. Correct. This is a knas. The fact that you're not allowed to eat from this is a knas with the Rabbanon. That uh, if you did it b'meizit, so that knas only applies b'meizit. Divrei Rab Meir. That's the Rab Meir's opinion. Rab Yehuda says b'shoigig. Even if you cooked on Shabbos b'shoigig, yoichal lematzah Shabbos. You only can eat from it on matzah Shabbos, but on Shabbos itself you can't. Okay, even though this whole thing Rashi explains, it's only a knas, but nevertheless, we still the knas applies for a shoigig. Like a meizid, and you can't eat it until after Shabbos. The meizid, but if a person cooked on Shabbos b'meizid, he is not allowed to eat from this forever. Someone else could, but he will not be allowed to eat from this forever. Rabbi Yechenen HaSandler says, it goes even further than this, if you cook b'shoigig on Shabbos, you have to wait until after Shabbos to be allowed to eat from this. That is, only others, only others are allowed to eat from this. But he himself is never allowed to eat from it, even if he cooked b'shoigig. Bemezid, so then you're not going to be allowed to eat from what you cooked forever. Not you are allowed to eat from it, and not anyone else is allowed to eat from it forever. Now obviously, Rabbi Yechanan Asandla is so stringent about this, it's not based on a knas. If it would be based on a knas because you did something wrong, so mid we give him a penalty not to have anah of what he did, there's no reason to be so stringent about this knas. So there has to, and even b'shegeg, and even that he is never allowed to eat from it b'shegeg. So Elamai, there's a Gemara here, will explain the basis of Rabbi Yechanan Asandler's opinion must be something else. My time, the Rabbi Yechanan Asandler, what's the reason that Rabbi Yechanan Asandler, Asandler goes so far? The answer is, Rabbi he was standing at the doorpost of the Nasi, of the house of the Nasi, and he darshaned as follows. It says in the Torah, Shabbos is a holy day for you. What do I learn out from this Pasuk? Just like something that belongs to Hektish. You're not allowed to eat. So too, anything that you prepared, that you cooked, 
or you slaughtered, you did a malacha on Shabbos, asurim bachila. It's also asur to eat this for this person forever. <coughs> so okay, so this is the, in other words, it's not a class. It's a source from a pasik minatayde where you see that something that you cooked on Shabbos is asur to you forever. And if it's bemazed, it's asur for anybody forever. Now, he continued and explained, it would, you would think to say, just like when something belongs to Hektish, also Bahano, you're not allowed to have any benefit of anything that belongs to Hektish, not just eating from it. I would think something that you cooked on Shabbos, it should be also to have any Ano from it, and therefore you're not allowed to sell it and, and, and make money from it. Therefore, the Pasik uses the term, which means, you still own it, you still could have Ano from it, you're just not allowed to eat it. Now, the, the drasha continues, I would think that this is true, even b'shegig, that if you cook b'shegig, that it should be also to have, to eat from this forever for anybody. The Pasuk there says, someone that desecrates Shabbos dies. What is it speaking about? The Pasuk there is talking about a case of amazed, when you have Misa. It's not speaking about the case of a shegig. So what's the point there? The Gemara here is saying, here you see Rabbi Yechen and Asandla says, if you shecht on Shabbos, you cook on Shabbos, what you shechted, you can't have enough from it forever. And that is what the Chachamu was saying before. If you shechted someone else's animal on Shabbos, since you can't eat from it forever, so therefore the obligation which you usually have to pay back four or five times as much does not apply. Because this is a shechita she'eina re'uya. This is a shechita where you can't, have, uh, you can't eat from it, so therefore there's no payment either. That's the pshat in the Chacham's opinion. But now the Gemara brings that there are actually Amiraim that argued about this. Pligi ba Ravach Ravach and Ravina argued about this. Chad Amar. One of them said, Maisa Shabbos. When you prepared food on Shabbos and you were Machal Shabbos by doing that, the Airaisa. So, Menatayra, you may not eat from it. Like the Drasha we just brought, like Rabchir learned out from the Pasuk, Shmartim as a Shabbos Kikaydashi. Chad Amar, but another opinion was the Rabbanon. That it's only an Isser mid Rabbanon. The opinion that said that it's awesome and not to eat from it, as the passage we just brought. The one that says that it's only awesome and so he says that passage is no proof. On the contrary, when the Torah there says that it's Kaidesh, what it's saying is Kaidesh He. What does Kaidesh He mean? The day of Shabbos is holy. He Kaidesh, Kaidesh. The day of Shabbos is holy, and you have to keep and, and not do any malacha on Shabbos. But regarding any action that you did on Shabbos, a malacha that you did on Shabbos, preparing food, that food does not become sort of sanctified that you can't touch it, that you can't eat it. So therefore, it does not hold of this rasha. So now, based on this, the Gemara says, the opinion that says that this that you may not use and you may not eat what you shechted on Shabbos is only awesome the Rabbanon. But minatayre, what you shecht on Shabbos, you are allowed to eat it. So if so, the question comes back, Why would Rabbanan say that if you stole from someone his animal and then shechted it on Shabbos, that you wouldn't have to pay him? We said before, the reason would be you wouldn't have to pay him is because it's a shechita she'ena because what you shechted, you can't eat. But according to this opinion, minatayre, what you shecht on Shabbos, you could eat. It's only Yisra Medir it's a Knas Medir but Menat it's a Shechitur So if Menat it's a Shechitur you should still have to pay four or five times for what you shechted from your friend. So the Gemara answers, you're right. According to this Pshat, you're going to have to say, Kika, Patri Rabbanon. In that price, when it says that the Chachamim say that you're Patr, it's not going on someone that shechted on Shabbos. 
Ashara. It's going on the other two cases there. Besides Shechting Ashabas, there was the case where you Shechted for Avedizara, or a case where you Shechted a Shoyer Haniskal, a Shoyer which you can't have any Anna of. It was those cases that Chacham was saying that because you can't have any Anna from it, so you put there from paying. But if you Shechted on Shabbos, according to this opinion, you still could have Anna from it, and you can still could even eat from it, so therefore you're going to be Chayif to pay as well. Okay, so this is the con- conclusion of the explanation of the Chachamim's opinion. But now the Gemara comes back to explaining Rab Meir's opinion. What did Rab Meir say? You shecht someone else's animal that you stole for Avedizara, you chayef to pay him. Okay, and the Gemara explained the case was you didn't shecht it yourself. If you shechted it yourself, you'd be chayef misa, so you'd be potter to pay. But the case is you send someone else to shecht it for Avedizara, you'll be chayef to pay. Why would you be chayiv to pay? If you send someone to shechtet for avedizare, so what happens now? The moment you begin the, the shechita, you shechtet just a tiny drop. It's late. That moment, this animal becomes completely awesome. Why? Because the animal was used for avedizare. So from that second, it's already completely oser bahana to the owner of the animal. So if so, idoch the rest of the shechite ki when he's shechting it lav the mare katavach. He's not shechting this animal that belongs to the owner. He's shechting something that's already oser bahana because you began to shecht it for avodizara. In other words, the Gemara's question is, when are you chayiv to pay for the owner of the animal when you sh- slaughtered his animal? You have to pay him four or five times as much. If you shechted his animal, then you chayiv to pay him back four or five times as much. But if you hear when you shechted for Avedizadeh, the very first second that the knife nips the animal for the beginning of the shechite, it already makes it asabahana to its owner. When you, when you do the full shechite, which is what you chayiv the dalet vehei for, that full shechite is not shechting the animal of the owner anymore. You're shechting something which is already asabahana to him. If so, you're not shechting his animal. So why you chayiv to pay him dalet vehei? Amarave, Sarave answers, and what we must say, we're speaking about over here is, when the person shechts the animal for avedizare, he says, begemar zechvichahu oivda that at the conclusion of the slaughtering, that's what should be for the sake of Avedizadeh. He makes it clear, even though when you do a shechita for Avedizadeh, it's from the very first second of the shechita that is being done for the purpose of Avedizadeh. should become Asa Bahana at the very first second. But if he clearly says that it should be for the sake of the Avedizadeh only when the shechita is complete, so then it does not become Asa Bahana until the completion of the shechita. So in such a case, he is shechting the owner's animal. <coughs> So the Gemara asks, we can ask the same question regarding the Shair Haniskal. What's a Shair Haniskal? An ox that belonged to an owner, that the Bezden already passed in, that because this ox uh, killed somebody, that this ox has to be stoned to death. And therefore the owner really has absolutely no monetary right to this animal. So when you shecht somebody's Shair Haniskal, why would you be hired to pay Dalat Vehei? Yeah. The owner is losing nothing. The question is regarding this if you're slaughtering it, you're not slaughtering something that belonged to the owner. He has no monetary value to this. Answers the Gemara. So Rabbi says, it's, you're right, it's going to have to be a very specific case where the person that you took it from and shechted it will have a monetary loss. What is this? What are we speaking about? The owner gave this axe to a guardian, a shaymer, to, to keep it for him. 
Vehizik. And now, when it's in the possession of this Shaymer, it went and it gored somebody. And because it gored somebody, Beit Shaymer, when it was in the house of the Shaymer, he didn't, he didn't guard it properly, and it went and it gored somebody. Was he a Beit Shaymer? And Venigma, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Shaymer. And now, in the hands of the Shaymer, the Bezden Paskin, regarding this ox, that it's a Shred on Iskal, that it has to be killed. <laughs> and now you came along the gunvoy ganev mi beishaymer. Somebody stole this animal from the house of this shaymer. So now the Gemara will prove that in this case, when you steal it from the house of the shaymer and you slaughter it, it will be causing a loss to the shaymer, even though Bezdin already paskin that it has to be stoned to death. Why? Let's see, let's see. But Rabmeya, so, so it's two points here. We're, all, we're trying to explain the opinion of Rabmeya here in the Braise. The first point here is he holds like Rabbi Yaakov, and the Gemara will explain what this means. And And the second point is that he holds like Rabbi Shimon. Number one, he holds like Rabbi Yaakov, the Amma that said, Either a Shaymer that has somebody's animal in his possession, and the Bezdin already passed that this animal has to be stoned to death. Nevertheless, if this shamer goes and returns the animal to its owner as is, muhsa, it's returned. Even though the owner is going to come and say to this shamer, this is what you're giving me back. You're giving me back an animal that bears in the ready paskin that it has to be stoned to death. So I'm going to get the animal and then it's going to be stoned to death. You're not really returning to me what I gave you to, say, to safeguard. You're giving me back an animal which is worthless. But according, but according to Rabbi Yaakov, if as long as you give back the animal as is, it's physically here and it's physically still in the same condition as when you took it, you can give back the animal as is. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's point number one. Now point number two is Visavala Kirab Shimon. He also Rabmeya holds like Rab Shimon's opinion. What does Rab Shimon say? The Omar Rab Shimon says, Dovar an object which which is not worth money in itself, but it causes, it can be a cause for saving a financial loss. Come on, dummy. It has the value of money. So what does that mean? Over here, when you stole from this shamer, this animal, and you went and slaughtered it for yourself, did you steal an animal that has real monetary value? The answer is no. Bezna already paskins that it has to be stoned to death. You can't say that it has any monetary value. But on the other hand though, did you now cause the shamer to lose money? Yes. Because as long as the shaman had this animal in his possession, he's able to return this animal to the owner. Now that you stole it from him, he's going to have to go and replace and find a proper animal to return to the owner. So true, the actual animal you stole is not something that has financial value because Besson says it has to be stoned to death. But you're causing a financial loss by stealing from this shaman, this animal, and slaughtering it. Now the shame is going to have to replace it with a good animal. So therefore, this is considered to be a case that when you shechted it, you did cause a financial loss to the shame here, and therefore you'll have to pay four or five times for what you did. So this is the explanation how you have a scenario that for a shayra niskal, you have to pay dalat vehe. So that also holds like Not necessarily. Lav dafke. Benigea to lav dafke. I don't know. I don't think those two are necessarily dependent on one another. Yeah, I'm giving you back the physical animal. Rabbi Yaakov is saying you can give back the animal as is, and even though it's worthless, really, but nevertheless, the physical animal is here, and you can return it. That's a, that's a separate point. 
Okay, now the Gemara, as I mentioned before, will bring a whole entire different pshat regarding Rab Meir's opinion when a person went and shechted someone's animal on Shabbos. And Rab Meir said, you're still going to be chayiv to pay. Even though you're on Machal Shabbos and you're chayiv Misa. Does that mean that Rab Meir holds that whenever you're chayiv Misa, you're still chayiv to pay? So, so before, again, the previous pshat was, he didn't shecht it himself. He, he sent the shliach to shecht it. So he didn't do the chil Shabbos. Now the Gemara brings another pshat. Rabbi says, You shechted the animal yourself, and you are chayiv misa because you are mechal Shabbos. And still, you're going to be chayiv to pay. But Rabbi Meir, and our truth is, what Rabbi Meir's opinion is, Usually the rule is that you could give two punishments of malchus and to pay at the same time. But usually when you're chayiv misa, you're not going to be chayiv to pay. Vashani hani, but over here, this case, when it comes to slaughtering someone else's animal and you have to pay four or five times as much, over here it's an exception. Here, even if you're chayiv misa for the chil Shabbos, you will be chayiv to pay four or five times as much for the shechita as well. Why is this different? Because this whole entire concept that when you slaughter someone else's animal that you stole is a chiddush. It's not a payment for a loss. It's a penalty. It's a knas that you have to pay four or five times the value of the animal. This is a unique knas. And therefore over here there's a chiddush. That even though the, the person is being killed because of the chil Shabbos, Mishalim. Nevertheless, he still has to pay this knas. So a usual payment, if you chayv misa, you don't have to pay. But over here, since it's a knas, you will have to pay. Now, as Rashi points out, later on in the next plot, the Gemara is going to ask the question, if so, the same should apply to what we're speaking about in this pedic. Over here, we're speaking about the knas for a girl that you were mezana with. This is also a knas. And in the next mission here, it's going to say that a person is, that's mezana with his daughter and he's chayv misa, you don't uh, you pay, pay the knas. So what Rabbi is saying does not fit with what it says later in the Mishnah. Again, Rabbi is all trying to explain Rish Lakish's answer, how to explain it regarding the Mishnahis in this Pedic. So it doesn't fit into the Mishnah in our Pedic. But the Gemara will later ask that question. But now here the Gemara brings the source of where Rabbi said this. Rabbi follows his opinion elsewhere. Rabbi said as follows. If a person had a goat that he had already stolen from somebody before Shabbos, and then, he's making a party on Shabbos, and he slaughters it on Shabbos. So he's going to be chayif to pay the four or five times as much that you pay when you slaughter, even if it was done on Shabbos. Why? Because the geneva, when he stole, when you steal some from someone, so you have to pay for what you stole, that obligation to pay came already before Shabbos. Right? So therefore, for that, the Shabbos will not pat to you. But what, is the, what would the Shabbos come to pat to you from? From the Knas. But the Shabbos, the fact that Yechayv Misa for Shabbos will not pat to you from paying a Knas. Because the Knas is a Chiddush that Yechayv to pay even when Yechayv Misa. However, Gona V'tovach Be Shabbos, if you both stole it and slaughtered it on Shabbos itself, Potter. So then you're going to be Potter to pay from anything since Yechayv Misa for the Chil Shabbos. So I you may say, well, I understand why you potter for the Geneva, but why should you be potter for the Tviche, which is a Knas? So he explains, Shim ein Geneva, ein Tviche, and ve'en Mechire. If you're not chay for the Geneva because it was done on Shabbos, you're not chay for slaughtering it on Shabbos or selling it on Shabbos. That's the way Rashi explains this is, the payment of Dalat Vehe, when you pay four or five times as much for what you did when you slaughtered it, 
for the value of this animal, it goes together with the Geneva itself, meaning you have to pay, if you're not, not going to be, uh, be Mechaev, the person, for the actual Geneva itself, so then it's going to come out that he only has to pay three times as much, or four times as much. The, the, the first time of payment that you pay is for the, uh, the Geneva itself. And then you have to add, additionally, for the Tvicha and Mechira, where the Torah says you pay four or five times as much. But over here, if he's not paying the principal, we never find that the Torah says that you have to pay three or four times as much. The Chiyuv for the Tvicha and Mechira is only added to the original payment of one time. And you, you have to add to that another three or four times, which adds, which comes to be four or five times as much. But if you're not chayv for the Gneve, because it's on Shabbos, and you chayv Misa, so you're not chayv for the Tvich HaMechiri either. So here you see this point that Rabbi said, that if you, if, if you chayv Misa, then you will not pay for Gneve, but if you chayv Misa, you still will have to pay for Knas. That's the Chiddush regarding Knas, that you pay even when you chayv Misa. Now, Rabbi said the same thing in another scenario. Vama Rabbi, Rabbi said, Hoya Gedi of Loy. You went into someone's property, and it's already before Shabbos, and you stole a goat. Oh, sorry, this is not a case that's talking about Shabbos at all. No, no relation to Shabbos. You went into someone's property, and you stole a goat. And then, on your way out, in order to get out, and you, want, you don't want the owner to detect you, how you're getting out, he's digging a cave under the guy's house and going out with it. And then, in this cave, on his way out, there, in this cave, he goes and he slaughters this uh, goat that he, that he stole. Now, what's the Allah of somebody that is in a cave going into someone's house? Going in, or in this case, he's coming out. So in such a case, when somebody is digging a hole under your house into a machteres, the owner that confronts him is allowed to kill the person that's trying to yeah, get into Bob your house. Bob, this is the concept of Bob Machteres. Because somebody that's digging a cave under your house and coming to steal, he's coming to steal. And if you're going to try to stop him, he's going to be ready to kill as well. So this is part of the halacha of a bala hargach, hashkim lahargach. If the guy is coming and digging under your house and he's ready to kill you, you're allowed to kill him. He has no blood. You're allowed to go ahead and kill him. Okay? So now the point is that this person which is in the Machteres, it's like he's chayiv misa. His blood is, you're allowed to kill him. Now, while this person was in the machteres, he went and he, he shechted this, uh, this goat that he had stolen already before. So in such a, in such a case, chayiv. You're going to be, you're gonna have to pay the penalty, the knas, of paying four or five times for the shechita that you did there. In this cave, you're going to have to pay for this. Why? Shekar neschayiv, shekvar neschayiv, begeneve kaidim, sheyavay lidei isa machteres. Because the Geneva, the principle that you have to pay for the Geneva, that you were chayv already before. Uh-huh. In the Machteres, all you did is, is just slaughtering. So over here, you chayv knas. So again, this is the rule Rabbi is saying, that any time you chayv misa, and at the same time of the chayv misa, there's also a chayv of knas, you do pay both together. Misa and knas go together. However, the chayv misa is the fact that, that, the, that the person is allowed to kill you. That's the chayv misa. At that moment, at that moment, the person is allowed to kill you. Chayv misa at that moment. Okay, but if ganav tovach b'machteres, if the geneva and the the tvich, the slaughtering was all in the machteres, he didn't steal the the goat in advance already. He he's digging a cave, coming into the person's house, and he's pulling the goat out into the machteres. So right now is the, the is when the geneva is taking place, and right now he's slaughtering it all in the machteres. Then potter, then he's going to be potter to pay not only for the geneva, but he's going to be potter to pay for all the whole entire penalty of four and five as well. Shem ain't geneva ain't tvich If there's no geneva, then there's no 
Again, this is the point that Dab is saying here that if you're being chayiv to pay for the geneva while you're chayiv misa, so then that goes back to the regular rule that you don't pay money when you're chayiv misa. Okay, but if, if you're chayiv for a knas while you're chayiv misa, a knas you do pay for when you're chayiv misa. Okay, there you go. Says the Gemara. Now, why do we need both of these cases? It's riche. We need. They had to tell us. Rabbi had to tell us both of these cases, even though it's saying the same point. Both of these cases are making the point that money you don't pay when you're chayiv misa. But knas, you do pay when you chayv misa. Tzricha, but why does he say both of these points? Di yashmin Shabbos, if we're telling you the Allah of Shabbos. Now, according to Rashi's Pshat in this Gemara, the Gemara here is talking about the case over here when the chayv misa is going to patter you from paying the, the, the payment of the Geneva. So if we're telling you regarding Shabbos, that because you chayv misa for Shabbos, so therefore you don't pay for the Geneva, because Shabbos is a kind of an Isser which is forever, meaning... You're a person misa for Shabbos. You're a misa even later on. Not only at that moment when he does the chil of Shabbos. Later on, you bring him to the Bezdin, and forever, even years later, if Aiden will come and say that he was mechal Shabbos, he'll be chayiv misa. So maybe it's this kind of chayiv misa that will patter him to pay. Avo machteres the isr By the case of machteres, later on you can't kill this person. You can't bring him to Bezdin later. And kill. It's only at that moment when he's there. Digging this cave under your house, then you could be mechayev and misa. Aimeloi, maybe this is not a kind of chayev misa that patters you from pain. On the, on the reverse, via shmina machteres, if he would tell you the Allah of machteres, I would say, mishum de machteres, zuyasrasai. In the case of machteres, we see over here that the chayev misa is very severe. You don't even give him a warning. If the guy comes into a cave, into your house, you can kill him without warning him at all. Maybe that's the kind of misa that, that absolves you of paying. Avo Shabbos, the boy Yasrab, maybe by Shabbos, where he has to have a warning, some Amalite, maybe that kind of chiv misa does not pat you of paying. Tzriche, so therefore, Rabbi had to say both of these cases. This is Rashi's, uh, this is Rashi's Pshat and the Gemara, that uh, he have to teach you in both cases that you'd be potter to pay, because of the chiv, the different types of chiv misa that pat you from paying. Taisus, Tzrishayim, have a different Pshat on this Gemara. Okay, but let's, let's stick so with Rashi for now. limitations for Shabbos. Right, correct. Amar Rav Papa, now Rav Papa said a similar halacha, seemingly repeating what Rav said. Haisa para genuvalai. Again, similar kind of halacha. If you had an ox that you already stole before Shabbos, and then the tafcha b'Shabbos, you slaughtered it on Shabbos. Chayiv, so you'll be chayiv to pay for what you slaughtered. Why? The geneva you will have to pay already from before Shabbos. What did you do on Shabbos? You slaughtered it. So for that you have a knas. So for a knas you have even when you have a misa for Shabbos. However, if you had a a, a, pada, a cow that you had already borrowed from someone from before Shabbos, and then you slaughtered this on Shabbos, Potter. So for this, you're going to be potter. Because what, what, what's happening over here? When's the Geneva taking place? The Geneva is taking place at the same exact second when you slaughtered it. You borrowed it. So it was in your possession without Geneva. The moment you're slaughtering it is the moment that the Geneva is taking place. So therefore, the Geneva together with the Tvich is taking place on Shabbos. So therefore, the fact that Yechayv Misa patters you from paying the Geneva that took place on Shabbos. And it patters you also from paying the Knas. What is Rav Pope saying here? He's saying he's repeating the same Allah as Rabbe. Rav Pope, is Rav Pope coming to teach me that the same Allah that Rabbe said before regarding a goat, that the same Allah applies regarding a cow? 
He see, he's, the, the only difference between what he said and what Rabbi said is whether it's a goat or a cow. But it's the exact same halacha. So what is this Chiddush? Amalei, so he answered him, Rav Pape, Shu'ula Asalashmina. No, Rav Pape, actually, there is a Chiddush in the second part of what he said regarding when you borrow this cow. What's the Chiddush here? Because I would think to say as follows. Since Rav Papa himself said, when a person borrows a cow or borrows anything, what's the Allah? He said as follows. From the moment that you pull it, that you take it into your possession, when you borrowed it, you're going to be obligated to feed this animal in order to take care of it, in order to be able to return it properly to its owner. So from, from that very moment, you have to feed it. So maybe I would think to say that the same applies from the moment that you borrowed it it's from that moment that you're really obligated to pay back to the owner any onus that happens to it you're kind it from that moment and therefore when you come and slaughter it on Shabbos so you're going to say the chiv to pay for the animal itself that belongs to the owner that chiv came already before Shabbos so the chiv for the principle that you have to return, that's already before Shabbos. When you slaughtered it, the only chiv that there is now is just for the knas, for the tvicha, the fact that you slaughtered it. And therefore, that the chiv misa of Shabbos will not pat you from. So, so Kamash Mulan, that's Chiddush that Rav Papa came to say over here, that as long as you have the cow itself that you borrowed in your possession, you could return the cow itself. It's the moment that you go and you shecht it, now is when you're stealing it. Now you can't return the cow itself. Now you're becoming obligated. Now there's a new obligation that you have to pay the value, the money of this cow that you just shechted. So therefore the geneva is taking place on Shabbos. If the geneva is taking place on Shabbos, so therefore the chiv misa of Shabbos is patterning you from the geneva, and therefore it patterns you also from the tvicha as well. So that the was the chiddush of Rav Papa. In one word, what's that the Geneva is taking place on Shabbos. You may have thought to say that the Geneva really takes, it's as if it really took place from before Shabbos. Ah. Because really the Chiyuv that you have to return this animal is ready from before Shabbos. You take that responsibility from the moment that you borrow it. Kamash Malan, no! Before, before I shechted it, I could have returned the animal itself. Exactly. It's the moment that I shechted it okay. that I'm Chayiv. That's when the, there's a new obligation now to pay. Now, the, the Gemara here brings... And is about this now. This is not so poshit. Not everybody agrees to this. But it applies it in a different scenario. So Rav said, What happens? You have children. Their father borrowed a cow. And he died. And now this, this cow is in their possession here. They're allowed to use this cow for all of that time period that the father borrowed it for. If this cow died in the children's possession, they're not going to be obligated to pay the owner for something that happened, which is an oinus. Usually, when you borrow, you're responsible for an oinus as well, even something that was out of your control. The father would that's be a, that's, Right. But the children, though, that never accepted that level of responsibility, they didn't borrow it, they're not going to be chayev for any oinus. Kisvur and shalavini, what happens if... They had this cow that was in their father's possession. They had no idea that the father borrowed this cow. They thought it belonged to the father. And what had happened? <laughs> they went and they slaughtered it and they ate it. <coughs> they, they had no clue. So in such a case, they're going to have to reimburse the owner, but they only have to pay the cheap, a cheap uh, uh, payment for this meat that they ate. What is this cheap payment? So Rashi here brings... From the Gemara there that says in Basra that they pay Arba Danki, which means they only pay two thirds of what they ate. 
and also they have to give back the hide of the animal. But the point of here basically is they're not chayev for the actual geneva that they stole because they had no idea. What are they chayev for? For the hana. The benefit that they had, the hana, they are chayev for. The fact is you benefited from what belongs to someone else. The halacha, when you benefit from someone else in a way that you're not a mazik, you're not a Ganev, you had no idea what you were doing, you thought it belonged to you. In such a case, you don't pay the full payment of a Ganev or a Mazik, but you do pay for the Hana, which is two-thirds. Two-thirds, that's what they have to pay for over here. Now, the, the, um, the Braise, uh, or actually Rove that is, continues and he says, If the father left Achrayis Nechassim, the term Achrayis Nechassim means if the father left properties. He left properties that are here available that if the owner of this cow wants, he can come and collect to get reimbursed for this cow that was now lost or is now not here anymore. So then Chayavim L'Shalem. They're going to have to pay from those properties that their father left for them for this owner of the cow. Now the, now, the full payment, right? Indeed. But the question, wait, 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 the question though is, what is this last statement going on? When it says here that if there's properties that the father left, that they're going to have to pay the owner, what is this going on? There are those that say this goes back to the first part of the statement over here, which means when it said in the first part of the statement that it died and there was an anus, and because it died by anus, they're not responsible for this anus. So on that, He's saying, but if there's properties that belong to the father, so then that properties of the father will be responsible to, to pay. That's one version. One moment, one moment. But there are those that say that when it says it, that, you, that the owner of this cow could collect from the father's properties, that goes on the second part of the statement, which is when they went and they slaughtered it and they ate it, uh, thinking that it belongs to them. So the Gemara now explains, Man, the the one that says that it goes on to the case of the Reisha, when there was an Oynes and it died, most definitely it goes on the case of the Seifa as well, when they knowingly went and shechted it. They went and shechted this animal. It didn't just die by Oynes, they went and shechted it. So what's the, the, the point over here that we're saying? That an Oynes happened. Right? And if an Oynes happened, the children don't take any responsibility for this Oynes that occurred, that they, they were not the borrowers. The father was the borrower. But if they're not the borrowers, they're not responsible. But the question though is, is a father responsible for an Oynes that takes place after he dies? He's not alive anymore. So now after he's not alive, he can't take responsibility for an Oynes that happened. The question though is, Maybe when he borrowed it, he took the responsibility for the Oynes then, when he borrowed it, and therefore he's going to be responsible for the Oynes, even after he passes away. How? That is, the, his properties become Meshubed. His, pop, his properties are going to, there's going to be a lien on his properties that he's going to have to pay for this Oynes. How would you know? So they go, one second, just a second, the question is, what's the halacha? This opinion argues on the point that Rav Papa said before. What did Rav Papa say before? When a person borrows the cow, the oinus that happens is not something that he takes responsibility for right then. At that moment, he says, the cow is still here. I'll give you back the cow itself. When does the chiv of the oinus begin? When the oinus happens. That's when the chiv for the oinus begins. So if so, when a father borrows a cow and he dies, and then later the oinus happens in the children's possession, the father didn't, is not obligated for that oinus because the oinus that had died happened after the father died. Mm-hmm. So therefore, even if there's properties that belong to the father, the properties of the father, you cannot collect from it to pay for this oinus. The oinus happened after he died. There's not responsibility for an oinus. That's according to Rav Papa. 
Because Rav Papa says you're only chayv for the oynes when the oynes happens. But if you argue with Rav Papa, so then you say from the moment you borrow a cow, even though the cow is still here, you're taking now responsibility for any potential oynes that will happen later. So if that oynes happens later, even after this person dies, but nevertheless, while he was alive, he took responsibility for the oynes then, and therefore any properties that belongs to him, even after he dies, there's a lien on his properties, and you're going to have to pay for it. That's one opinion over here. But according to the other opinion, the one that says only regarding the Seifa, which is a case where they actually went and slaughtered it. They went with their own hands and slaughtered this animal. They thought it belonged to them. And therefore, in such a case, we say that if there's the father's properties here, you're going to have to pay for it. That's only in that case when they went and slaughtered it. But in the Reisha, which is a case where there was an Oynes, so then the father's properties are not going to be obligated to pay for this. And the Heine the Rav Papa, this is the point that the Rav Papa said before, that the father does not take responsibility for the Oynes at the moment when he borrowed it. The, the Chiyu for the Oynes comes only when the Oynes happens. And that's later, after he passed away. So therefore, there's no lien on those, those properties. That's exactly what Rav Papa said before. So we see here that there's an argument about this point that Rav Papa said, that Yechayef for an Oynes. When does that Chiyof for the Oynes come? When the Oynes happens? Or from the moment that you borrow it, you're taking now responsibility, and there's a lien right away in your properties for any potential Oynes that will happen. Okay, one more shtickle, let's finish off over here. The Gemara now goes back to the two answers that we had for the Mishnah is the stira of the Mishnah over here in Ksubis and the Mishnah in Malkis. Again, Malkis. What, what was the stira? In our Mishnah it says you pay Knas. In the Mishnah in Malkis it says that you get Malkis. Malkis. So Rabbi Yechenin said that it depends if you got a warning or not. If you get a warning, you get Malkis. If you didn't get a warning, you pay. And what did Rish Lakish say? Rish Lakish says it goes according to Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says you can get both at the same time. You can get Malkus and pay at the same time. So now the Gemara says, Bishleim, Rabbi Yechenin, Rabbi Yechenin does not answer like Rish Lakish, because Rabbi Yechenin is trying to explain that our mission should follow Rabbanan's opinion, that you do not give Malkus and payment at the same time. So therefore Rabbi Yechenin says, the case is that he got no warning. So there's no Malkus. Why did Rish not want to say like Rabbi Yechenin's answer? Very simple answer. There was no warning, so therefore you pay. So Rish will answer you here, and this is a very fundamental point regarding Komli with the Rabbi Menei. If he would have got a warning, and there is Malkus, so then he would be Potter from paying, because he's getting Malkus. Even if you got no warning, and there's no actual Malkus, but it's a kind of an Issa that there would be Malkus. If there was a warning, you would still be potter of paying. As long as it's a kind of Issa that there's a Chi of Malkus, potentially, even if there's no actual Malkus because there was no warning, you're still going to be potter from paying. They are, they, they, follow me, they are following their opinion that they said elsewhere. He said as follows, A person that did an Issa, and he did it b'shoigig. And it's a kind of an iser that, if you did it b'mezid, you would have been chayav misa. But he only did it b'shoigig. So there's no actual misa. The chayav malki is shoigigin. Or something that you did, that b'mezid you chayav malkis, but you only did it b'shoigig. So there's no actual chayav malkis. And v'dover acher, together with something else, that you chayav to pay money. So the question is, in such a case, does the Chiyuv Misa or the Chiyuv Malkus absolve you from paying? Rabbi Yechen and Omar, chayav. Rabbi Yechen says, you chayav to pay. 
Because there's no actual Chiv Misa here. There's no actual Chiv Malkus here. But Ishlakish Amar, Ishlakish says, Potter, you're going to be Potter because uh, even though there's no actual Chiv Misa or Malkus, but because it's an Isser that there would, but that this is a level of Isser that there could be a Chiv Misa or Malkus, that itself patters you. Rabbi Yechenon Amar Chayev, Rabbi Yechenon says, you're going to be Chayev the Holy Yasrabe. He wasn't warned. So there's no Chiv Misa, there's no Chiv Malkus here, so you got to pay. Shlokish Amar Potter, Shlokish says, you're still going to be Potter. Kivin the Ilu Asru Bey Potter, since if he would have gotten a warning, so he would have been Chayv Misa, he would have been Potter. Kili Asru Bey Nami Potter. The same applies even if you did not get a warning and there's no actual Chiv Misa here, but because it's a kind of Isser that there could be a Chiv Misa, the concept of Kamlebe the Rab Minay still applies.